I'm Scott Hansen with NFL Red Zone, and you are listening to the Gridiron Gentlemen. Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Gentlemen podcast. You'll have hopefully just heard two other Gridiron Gentlemen podcasts before this. I do apologize, but uh, I, I need to get back on track with this. So, so this is... They've not gone up yet, but they will have by this point. Uh, and also, you're probably wondering, hey, Dan, uh, you didn't mention the New Orleans Saints in the last podcast. What happened there? We'll get to that in a bit. Anyway, joining us tonight as we round up 15 to 1 and also uh, number 21, actually. Um, we, um, It's uh, uh, Phil. Phil, how's it going? Very good. Thank you. How are you? I'm okay. Yeah, I'm having a pretty good day. So, yeah, not too bad. Uh, Will, Will, how's it going? Well, all the better for getting to talk NFL with you, fine gentlemen. I love hearing that, Will. That always makes me happy. Uh, James, James, how's it going? Yeah, whatever. No, fair enough. Oh, oh no, I'm fine, thanks. Thank you. Um, I, I, thank you, thank you. And it's really amazing to be with you all. Your and hair is so looking. Your hair is looking wonderful today, James. As well, may I just say. But like I said, a couple of years ago, I stopped with the excessive product. I just thought, you know what? I'm just mm. going to look like a budget low-rent vanilla ice. <laughs> and uh, joining us again, Bass. Been a while. How's it going? Pretty good. Good to be back. So, been a while. Neat, but yeah, ready to get back into the NFL. So. Yeah, ready to go for that as well. Yeah. Uh, Phil, I'm slightly confused as to what I'm looking at right now, I'll be honest. <laughs> Baby Phil. Oh my God, that's you! <laughs> oh wow! Um, I thought it was Will Powder. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, like if if anyone's wondering, uh, Phil's just put up a picture of Will Poulter. Yeah, <laughs> yep, that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, before he uh, stranded himself on island with Tom Hanks in a volleyball, but yeah. Anyway, um, I'm one to talk. Um, <laughs> NFL news. Anything been happening to Game Pass? Will. Um, Stand back, boys. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, those of us who have been subscribed to Game Pass received uh, an email this week telling us that that the the zone are taking over NFL Game Pass. Not in and of itself uh, a massive problem. However, the following things are true. Uh, we are getting a much worse product because we're not getting the all 22 footage. It's, it, uh, well, that's what I was going to ask. We're not getting that. No. What? No, not, not getting the all 22. It streams at maximum 720p. Uh, it, no Chromecast um, uh, availability. There are some other things that escaped me in uh, my rage adult brain. And we're getting to pay the same price for all of these things. So that's great. Uh, it's also pretty good that the pe- previous owners of Game Pass have handed over our payment details to a third party without consent. I'm pretty sure that's completely above board and all light. So grand. So the whole thing's been great. I'm really pleased. Yeah. So if I don't do anything, they just kind of just carry on charging me, right? With the superior product we've been promised. Because we get, yeah, player, but because it's, we get it's, the, the, the there's no blackout games anymore. That's the only thing different, right? Well, we didn't get the blackout games before on regular Game Pass, mm. but 
if you had a VPN, you could pretend you're from the Netherlands, unless you're Baz, who's actually from the Netherlands. From the Netherlands, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't have didn't have these blackout game problems. But yeah, and I don't think I think the the zone is a bit more up on its VPN detection, so I don't think that's uh, a possibility anymore. Hmm. So it's confirmed that there's no all twenty two on the new version. Uh, it's not well. Nothing. No one has confirmed anything because customer services are extremely tight-lipped about what's going on. But currently, there is no all twenty-two on the zone app. This is all very reminiscent of the last handover that happened with Game Pass. And yeah, if it's if it's anywhere near as shambolic as, as it was when Delatra took took over, it's going to be a few months of a lot of complaints. But removing all 22s, I think, a bigger misstep than they realise. There's there's a lot of people who literally do get Game Pass all year round mm-hmm. because of that, and it's more people than they probably think. It's the Maybe that's the just me though because yeah, it's the uh, only being able to stream in 720 uh, for me is a big. You know, I love watching TV like it's 2012. It's it's almost like it's designed to get us to watch Sky Sports again, but oh. <laughs> I can't I can't take that much Neil Reynolds in my life. I mean, Neil Reynolds is a lovely person, but uh, it's <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he is. He he's a my, he's, I'm sure he's a wonderful person, but he's still a terrible broadcaster. The the, the, the fact is, people were moving to Game Pass, like overwhelmingly moving to Game Pass. Um. And um, and it's this this kind of makes it makes me feel like I'm slightly homeless in regard to where I'm going to watch my NFL. Mm. Um, I Game Pass is expensive. Like, uh, bear in mind, like a Sky Sports subscription is what twenty pounds a month, something like that. It might be a little bit more, but you're paying for, you know, something like the Premier League. You're paying for other sports that you might happen to watch as well. You're paying for like a whole service that covers a variety of sports. Game Pass, whether you pay yearly or whether you, which is over four months, so it's a four month subscription basically, or whether you pay monthly, you're looking at about 35 points. 35 points? God, I've been playing too much 40k. You can't get so making too many army lists. <laughs> 35 pounds a month, um, which is fine because it's got everything I've ever wanted from the NFL. I can sit there, I can watch all 22, um, and not all the games. Sometimes you just want to watch the 40-minute highlights of a game. Sometimes when you're watching Jag Colts, you just want to watch 40 minutes of it. But it's there's times when you go, I want to see exactly what happened in that game. And there's enough people out there, enough amateur people who record podcasts that heavily rely on all 22 to actually give something that is something close to uh, an accurate opinion on what we're seeing. Yeah, that's that's not good if it's not there. I, 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 I await for them to backtrack on that one because I think we need that. And I'm slightly concerned there'll be a higher tier that will involve uh, all 22 because... To be fair, it's slightly ridiculous that we got it for for what we got in there, but at the same time, it was massively overpriced without it. 
Mm. It's not I think, good. Um, and just without without all twenty two as well. Before all twenty two was widely available in the UK, I, mm. I spent I spent years and years just guessing what the deep safety was doing. I don't <laughs> like that feeling. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, or relying on Madden occasionally cutting to the deep safety three times a game, going, "Oh, there is a somebody back there." Yeah, because I can't see them. Yeah, you know, and just watching watching it even helps you learn and understand this game. And either we are serious about developing the game in this country, developing people's understanding of the game, and also building grassroots um, football in this country. And one of the ways that you know, people can learn to understand the game better is by watching NFL games in all 22 and being able to sort of learn about the detail and nuance of the game, you know? Mm. And we're either serious about that or we're not. And to completely remove it and make it unavailable to everyone in this country is hilarious and ridiculous and just very disappointing. Yeah. And, and it's different from, I, I think, the lack of understanding that this is a cult sport in, in Europe Bass can probably vouch for that as well in 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 the Netherlands. The Netherlands is even much much worse. Uh, yeah, compared to the UK. And I had to look up how to watch the NFL other than the Game Pass in the Netherlands, and it's it's available, but it's with commentary people who know less of, about the game than me, mm. and I'm not an expert in any sense of the word. So it's 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 watching with commentary where they're still explaining the rules every single play and it's unwatchable and mm. if I've, I've and it can only stream at 720p for the future it's going to be horrendous for me mm. and, and then they talk about the advantage the of having they talk about the advantage of having access to the nfl films library and all the nfl programming from the last 15 15 plus years and all of that but you'd only be able to watch it in 720. So why? What incentive is there to pay for Game Pass when you can just go onto YouTube and watch it in 720? Yeah, something that's been put on there 15 years ago. Yeah, 1080 if you're lucky if on YouTube. Mm. There are some. Yeah, mm. yeah. The, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's um, it's not good for the consumer. Uh, as a move, probably great for the, great for the NFL, great for the zone, but for for the consumer, it's a bad move. We're getting less product. We're paying the same price. Yeah, mm. yeah, and that, yet they're advertising the it. They're advertising it as this this great step forward. Yeah, but it's not no. colossal step backwards. Yeah. What a, what a lovely way to kick off a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. Hard, but it is disappointing. Like I, I was one of those things that it, it, it hadn't, I noticed it hadn't appeared, but then I assumed it was just like, oh, but it'll still be there. Because st they kept saying, you still get the great service. I haven't even looked at it, if I'm honest with you. But um, no, I mean, I was, I was looking at getting Game Pass this year just because yeah. I haven't got normal tv anymore because i basically i just pay for the internet rather than paying for tv and everything else because everything i watch is on streaming and everything else now so i was just like well i just won't get normal tv 
Mm. I was like, right, well, that means I'm going to need to get Game Pass because I don't want to have to pay for Sky Sports, you know, for a Sky Sports package or my Now TV package because then that's like £25 on top of the, you know, £8 I'd have to spend for Now TV every month. But yeah, it's good to know that it won't be good. That's helpful. Yeah, it's encouraging. I think there'll be some backpedaling. I, I think, think there has to. Be- um, there'll be some backpedaling. I think they've drastically, as you say, well, I think they've drastically underestimated what the, the at least the UK audience is. But like I said, it's a cult sport. Yeah, exactly. It's not yeah. a casual sport. You stay it up till four in the morning a to watch level it. Of, yeah. Yeah. So obviously, all the really, really culty bits of that package are the bits that actually you kind of want to have and retain. Hmm. And like we have, we have an NFL academy, okay, yeah. where we grow grassroots British players and and get them to go through a program that prepares them to, to 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 play the game at a higher level. But we're actually hamstringing these kids from being able to, outside of the academy, go home and and do other learning and watch games and and learn and understand the game from an NFL perspective, study concepts, study. They're probably given projects to learn certain things, to study certain things that they won't be able to access on Game Pass. They'll have to acquire through other means. We've been blessed as podcasters for the last 10 years to be able to actually pull apart games through all 22. Um, mm. What happens to like the younger generation of people that want to become broadcasters in a sport that is actually growing in this country to show what they know about mm. the actual sport as well? Like, if, if you can't get that footage because you're not part of Sky Sports or Talk Sports or PFF or whatever it is, then how are you actually supposed to learn? Yeah. And it's think... the same argument for college or 22 as well. You, yeah. you can't get – it's actually really technically, you, you know, it's illegal to have it. Which is why we've never watched any college all 22. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why I've never, uh, ever, no, never, uh, never mm. watched it. No, uh, <laughs> never watched it. Never met anybody who's watched it. No, it doesn't even exist as far no. as I'm concerned. Never, so, you know. Yeah. No, anyway. no, it's just a thing. It's like a legend that I've never heard of. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway. Um, Use your yeah. words, Dan. Sorry, I just, I just got a message. That's all. Um, right? Should we do sixteen? To, should we do sixteen to one? I think before that, Dan, you better tell us all about the twenty-first team in the power <laughs> rankings. Yeah. Um, so I missed out the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> <laughs> Were you kicking uh, the can down the road to do them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very good. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yes, that's that. Bravo. Until we could afford to actually talk about. <laughs> okay, so yeah, the Saints actually slot in at twenty-one, just above the Packers, just below the Titans. Um, Titans move up to twenty. Vikings at nineteen. Bengal Browns at. Um, Browns at eighteen. Um, Panthers at 17 Pats at 16 so the Saints I think we're slotting in there they move slightly up 
um, because uh, Derek Carr coming in, I think, actually makes them more exciting. Yes. Um, and then I think that's about it because they're in debt for the next 12 years. Um, <laughs> so, yes. Like that being said, Chris Olave's due at like a breakout season. Alvin Kamara is still pretty amazing if he's he's due to 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 play, right? Some games. Uh-oh. I think he definitely has a six week PD suspension. Oh no, not PD. Um conduct suspension, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah, that due last beat year. A guy up in Vegas, yeah. So. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I, th- I think 21 says everything we need to know about the New Orleans Saints is that we think they're probably going to be pretty good, but not like mind-blowingly good. They're just going to no. be good enough to cause problems in a weaker than usual NFC South. Sorry, Will. But um, it's uh, mm. it, with four teams that could all at some point challenge, I think. So, yeah. So they went in at number 21. So actually, apart from that, we've only got 15, 15 teams to um, to talk about now. So, yeah. Um, so we're starting then. So I run. I should run down 32 to, tw- to, to 17, shouldn't I? I'm being a bad yes. podcast host here. Yes. Yeah. So 32 is the Cards. 31 is the Texans. 30 is the Colts. 29 is the Commanders, 28 is the Bucks, 27 is the Raiders, 26 is the Rams, 25 is the Falcons, 24 is the Browns, 23 is the Bears, number 22 is the Packers, 21 is the Saints, obviously, um, 20 is the Titans, 19 is the Vikings, 18 is the Browns, Phil's wearing a, a Browns t-shirt, uh, right now, in fact, it's, it's uh, twice Browns. <laughs> hmm? Same thing you mentioned the Browns. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 17 is the Panthers, uh, and 16 was the Patriots. So now we're at number 15, Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh. So the Steelers have an all round pretty decent side, and the real questions are going to come with what they can get at quarterback. Um, Steelers are obviously running, coming into this with Mike Tomlin having uh, provided a, it's just an endless sea of pretty decent seasons. And now it comes down to whether they can take the next step forward. With a Matt Canada, who is somehow still the OC there, um, can, uh, can put it all together to actually uh, provide something decent. Now, wide receivers, they're always going to be good. Najee Harris is a decent running back. Kenny Pickett is the question. If not, then we're probably seeing Mitch Trubisky. Magic little hands. Hmm? These tiny little hands. These tiny hands. Tiny hands. hands. You know those little hands you put on the ends of your fingers? That's yeah. that's that's his hands, yeah. Um, so how are we feeling about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Who, who wants to kick us off with that? Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> it, it would have been, like we said, the defense is going to be good. They're going to be well coached. It, it just can pick it. If Pickett can set, Pickett can set an extra step, they can reach the playoffs. But at most, I think she still will be a one and done. Mm. And yeah, they're all one and even, done wild card team. Yeah, and at best, they have. Yeah, they have. 
with the Ra- with the Ravens and the Bengals in their division, it's got to be an uphill climb to get there. So, yeah, they're, they're a good team. They're the Steelers. They're always a good organization. Yeah, but there's just nothing, with the exception of TJ Watt on that roster, that is absolutely elite. I think. Good is yeah, that's a perfect description. I think they're pretty good. Um, yeah, the, 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 they will finish nine and eight again yeah. because Mike Tomlin will always get a winning season. <laughs> always. Yeah. It's not somehow. <laughs> it's yeah. an irrefutable fact. He will get it because he's Mike Tomlin and he's that good. It's it's been one of those ones where we've seen him like go, like win four games in like the first 12 games and somehow he still managed to to swing it around like yep. to, he'll then go and win the next mm-hmm. five games it's, it's yeah does that work out yeah i think so yeah it does currently yes yeah good um so yeah it's um i think they're kind of destined for that which is a winning season but not necessarily a playoff winning season so yep. uh any other thoughts I mean, I, I just will mention that the secondary is looking quite good. Joey Porter Jr. I think is a really oh, nice pickup. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Luke Wallace I like as a pickup as well. Patrick Peterson has continued to be really good. Uh, and Minka Fitzpatrick surrounded by with Monte Casey as well. He, I think that's I think that's a nice secondary. Keanu Neal's in there as well. Just notice that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, like, their defense is going to be good. Yeah. Yes. There's no doubt about it. They're going to be tough. You're not going to want to play them. No. But sounds like every Steelers they are, team, doesn't it? They are limited by their offensive talent because it's not as good as it has been. Mm. It's, got lot, it's got a lot of potential, though. Yeah. yeah. Like Harris has got mm. potential. Pickens. 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 Deontay Johnson. Yeah. I really like Broderick Jones. I do as well. picked up in the first round. <laughs> it's, it's got a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, you. Um <laughs> <laughs> It's got a lot of potential, but it's all resting on on uh, Kenny Pickett's shoulders, isn't it? So yeah. they will they will go as far as Mister Pickett will take them. It's it's tiny, old, uh, tiny uh, darlings. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? They also have an old pre-draft uh, darling of James Hakeem Butler. Mm. Uh, to 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 thicken out the tight end room. Oh, we don't talk about Hakeem Butler anymore. Not, not around <laughs> here. Not, not without me. <laughs> I get very unhappy when we talk about him um so yeah obviously he 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 thickens out a tight end room that that already actually do you know what i think they're fine for tight ends in fact the thing about the steelers offense Mm. um and particularly the passing game is the broad issue they had with the last year of roethlisberger was average depth of target and how sort of condensed sort of horizontal that whole offensive approach was and the lack of explosives well Mm. it's continued and the thing is that their offense basically it's the sustaining part of that offense in the passing game was pat frymouth with special guest appearances by insert name or talented but not quite living up to potential wide receiver um and i think something has to change in that regard because Pickett's average depth of target and yards per attempt last year were 
it was putting him in a position where he repeatedly had to be accurate on time in rhythm um in a sort of high volume but short passing game and, and mm. the problem with that with rookies is the more attempts you give them it, it's the old saying you know you throw the ball three things can happen two of them are bad okay yeah. and the more you do that with a, a rookie quarterback the more potential for bad things to happen so i think when you don't have any explosive element to your offense not not because you don't have the horses but by design mm. th- that compounds the problem and, and my worry is that we see a very similar offense this year that forces kenny pickett to play small ball but what we say about the george pickens um is that they do need to find that downfield pass because you've got deontay johnson who is a very explosive player and you've also got george pickens who is an anomaly in the way that he is almost completely unbeatable in contested catch situations down the field. Mm. I mean, he, he's prodigious at it. He always has been. And he's very good at winning downfield. He's good at using his physicality to separate. And they need to exploit that more too. Because the more they they just are constantly throwing, you know, eight yards, you know, throwing stick to Fryermuth or, you know, just short completions over the middle and asking Pickett to live in that condensed area of the field. The fewer points they'll score, the fewer games they'll win, and the margin for error, you know, will get smaller and smaller for Pickett. And I just don't think they're setting him up to to, to win. No, that's my concern. If I if if I uh, wanted a late round wide receiver, I wouldn't be too sniffy at uh, Alan Robinson in the late rounds because he's going to get a ton of targets on his crossing routes. Yeah. Like this is a Matt Canada offense. We're not looking yeah. for something that's going to be particularly mind blowingly brilliant here. I don't think. Um, yeah. I, I, I kind of agree that the, this will live and die with the lack of ingenuity from the offense and what they can actually achieve from the wide receivers as well. Matt Callender's going to pray that uh, Joe Lombardi is just as bad as in Denver as he was in uh, <laughs> LA. <laughs> Keeping the heat off him. Yeah, I think you're right. Matt Canada got away with a year because of Joe Lombardi. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, bonkers. Absolutely like, bonkers. I understand, I understand death by a thousand tiny paper cuts, right? Okay, death by a thousand tiny paper cuts is an effective strategy. Okay, mm. but not with a complete absence of explosives. That whole concept of the Bill Walsh West Coast, Joe Montana, death by a thousand paper cuts, you know, they would still chuck it. <laughs> you know, the, the, the thousand tiny paper cuts, and then there would be a massive stab wound on a third down, you know, deep down the field, mm. on a skinny post to Jerry Rice 40 yards down the field. You're not getting that with Matt Canada and Joe Lombardi, not unless the QB improvises. And do you know what? If there's a quarterback you don't want to improvise, it's probably Kenny Pickett. Mm. Well, I tell a lie. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I agree. The quarterback you don't want to improvise is Mitch Trubisky. But um, <laughs> it just feels like we're set up for another season where we see equal amounts of Mason Rudolph, Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, right? Oh, no one wants Mason Rudolph. No. No one wants Mitch Trubisky. I'd have thought you'd <sighs> like Mason Rudolph off of what he did to the Browns. But yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be another treading water season for the Browns, the uh, Steelers, sorry. 
and hopefully the Browns. Mm. <laughs> uh, I yeah. don't want them to tread water. I want them to sink and drown. <laughs> For me, so, the philosophy has got to be that you have to put Kenny in there, yeah. leave him in there, yeah. and see what you have. 100% and Do that. Yeah. Why 100% agree. Um, number 14, then, is the New York Jets. This surprised me a little bit. Uh, rumor has it they've got a new quarterback and he's brought some friends with him. So uh, uh, quarterback Aaron Rodgers comes in. He's also brought Alan Lazard. Who else? Randall Cobb. I can't. The, the Randall Cobb one makes me so <laughs> I just There's some of them that is, that is still a, yeah, a little bit mind-blowing that they actually went, okay, no, we will actually bring them in as well. But they've also added some decent talent, like McCall Hardman, I think, is a nice pickup. They've still got Garrett Wilson on the team who was set to break out last year, or did break out last year. Brees Hall, who was set to break out last year until uh, an unfortunate injury. The offensive line's improved, as long as Dwayne Brown can play at a decent level. I mean, I think we might be a bit low on the Jets. What, what do you guys think? Uh. Yeah. They could still <laughs> implode because Aaron Rodgers could throw a fit. He could become a he could have a Russell Wilson esque mm. collapse. He could stop caring because it's Aaron Rodgers and he very rarely cares that much. He mm. could arrive late to games high on ayahuasca or whatever. Or get trapped in his sensory deprivation cave. Or any number of things. Mm. I think if it doesn't start well, it may not end well. Mm. The talent there is is undeniable. They've got a really, really good defense, an excellent defensive-minded head coach. They've got quality receivers. If Bryce Hall can stay healthy. They've got a great running back. Everything there is good. It's just if it doesn't start off well or it takes too long to gel, Aaron Rodgers might just throw a fit and just give up because he's a pouting prima donna. I just get this weird feeling that it's going to all work out this season and then implode next season. Like, I, I get the feeling the Jets are going to be really good this year. Like, it's... Like, the they talent... They, yeah, and, well, yeah, they've got so much talent on their team, uh, including players that were very good in 2009. But um, it's... it's um, th- I think that might be underselling. I think Randall Cobb was 2011, actually, but whatever. Um, it's just breaking. Jordy Nelson signs for the Jets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it it but then it never goes right for the jets does it like oh. it never goes right for the jets like oh. whatever we say it actually last year was the closest they got to it going right and they got through about four quarterbacks at one point so so yeah yeah there's a reason hashtag sorry josh was a thing oh absolutely yeah yeah I, I, and i just can't see it if the first two three games aren't going as planned new york media Going all in on Aaron Watchers mm. can just snowball out of control. So then the foul's down. That's true. Yeah, that, that could go horribly wrong for them as well. Mm. But yeah. You wonder, um, 
what's going on with Mackay Becton as well. Because yes. the mm. word on him going into last season was the coaches had concerns about his commitment. And uh, he, then he, Steve Lofort was then obviously got injured and then missed the whole of last season. But our lads currently have him as the starting right tackle. And behind him is Billy Turner, who's not great. No. Um, so that's a, <laughs> that's a concern. Dwayne Brown is okay as a tackle. So Aaron Rodgers is not the same athlete he was five years ago, even. Mm. Um, and he's had really good offensive lines while he's been at uh, the Packers. So mm. the interior of this line is very good. Uh, I think Elijah Vera took as one of the best guards in the league. The rookie center, uh, might not pan out, but behind him is Conor McGovern, who I think is all right. And uh, Lake and Tomlinson, also a fine, fine guard. So the middle's fine. It's just what's going on at the edges. So, yeah, that's that remains to be seen. Uh, that's where I'd have the most concerns for yeah. this offense with, is uh, at, the, at the tackle spots. But that's the only concerns I think I've got with this team because you know, the rest of it's stacked. The defense is stacked. Yeah. I've got the best corner, one of the best corners, second best corner in the league. Yeah. And yeah, and a frightening defensive front. Yeah, that's looking good as well. And just quickly, Jordan Whitehead as well, obviously an excellent player. Yes. Mm. So yeah, completely agree. So yeah, like the, the DJ Reed, Jordan Whitehead, Source Gardner combinations. And they just picked up Adrian Amos as well, because he's an ex Green Bay Packer. So of course he's gone there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Shout out to Will McDonald as well. Great pickup. One of my favorite players in the draft. So, yeah. So, yeah. Really, really like that as well. So, yeah. James, any thoughts? Just just to echo the concerns around the offensive line, because this is the two meter wide exhaust port. Um, so, if we think back to Packers teams where when the offensive line has struggled mm. and how that does actually impact even a, a latter year's Aaron Rodgers and, you know, we all know he's a great quarterback, but but he is a different person behind an offensive line where he doesn't have a level of comfort. Hmm. And I think we're going to experience how he responds to that this year. Because if I'm brutally honest with you, the amount of snaps that Makai Beckton has not played in the last two years and where he was with his development at the end of year one, we are still, he's still very much a projection. Mm. He's not a surefire thing. And he's still someone who, you know, this this is his time to show, to prove it, that he can get healthy, stay healthy, and actually put something on film that's consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The other problem that I've got is, is I think they, if it were me, I would have gone about the offensive line a completely different way because we actually have, have an Elijah Vera Tucker as a guard who has clearly shown he is a very capable swing tackle. Mm. And not just a capable swing tackle, but a capable swing tackle who's played both right and left. And I would probably have gone the other route in terms of actually using him to solve the tackle problem. But that's just Mm. me. Um, Because I would rather have somebody playing tackle who has played tackle before and we can establish that they have an acceptable floor. Yeah. An acceptable floor. Yeah. As opposed to a, it could be great. 
it could be horrific. I would much rather have that 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 bare minimum sort of floor that you would get with an Elijah Vera Tucker as, as a right tackle, or actually has played a fair few snaps in college successfully against high level competition, left tackle, mm. which he's shown he can actually play at high level as a, as a senior in college. Who was so the... I would probably have gone that way about solving that problem. Who was the Ravens guard that played really well at tackle? But they moved him back. The really, really, like one of the best guards of the last like 20 years. Oh. That's going to bug me now. Yeah. You know who I mean, though? Like he played so yeah. well at tackle and they moved him back to guard just because, you know, that's his native position, position. But it's like, it's one of those ones that I always thought that, like, surely you want him playing a tackle because he was really good at tackle. He just happens to be a bit better mm. at guard. I think I suppose it gets to a point where it's just like you want him yep. on the field, but yeah. Marshall Yonder. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Do you know what? If you have a guard and he demonstrates that they, they can give you a good baseline level of tackle play, I'd keep playing him at tackle until you have something better. Mm-hmm. Just because it's much easier to hide a guard than it is to hide a tackle. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Not that you can hide any offensive lineman for a whole game. But you you get what I'm saying. And I just think that the offensive line is going to be the whole sort of how it all fits together. Because if you actually look at the skill position players, I have zero concerns. Yeah, same. None. Absolutely none. Defense, no concerns, Mm -hmm. no worries, nothing. It's fine. It's just that. The quarterback and how he exists behind the offensive line. Yeah. Tight end, they've got Tyler Conklin, CJ Uzumar, and they picked up Zach Kuntz in the seventh round. So that's mm. two of them they got in the offense. Anyway, that's number 13. We're on to the New York Giants. <laughs> two couldn't. Yeah. Um, so, Brilliant. Um, so New York Giants come in after a winning season last year, played very, very well. Um, and hoping for more this year, I think, is, is the general theme of this team. Uh, Saquon Barkley's on the franchise tag. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they picked up a second round center. And just in general, we're looking to build on what Brian Dable managed to install last year. Uh, one they went of the, and got Darren Waller as well, didn't they? They did, yeah. I love that pickup as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. And Bellinger played quite well as well, so I imagine we'll see some tight end play. Um, do we think last year was just a flash in the pan? Have we got the Giants rate too high? Who, who, who yes. Wants to off of this? Yes. I kind of agree. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, they well, they overachieved last year. Seriously, overachieved. Um, I think they've got one of the best offensive minds in the league. Um, I think they've got a solid defense. To be fair, but I don't know. I do not trust Daniel Jones. I think he's a severely limited quarterback. Hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see what what uh, what are they going to cook up for him. Uh, they've got a lot of talent. On that on that offense, they they've got the the opposite problem to their cross town rival, in that they've got a couple of really good tackles, mm. um, and then the the interiors um, well one's a rookie and the the other two uh, names really yeah yeah agreed, um, but they do have Daniel Jones, the best rushing quarterback in the league. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Sure that is thing. correct, sir. No, it's not. But whatever. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's 
it's it's not just Daniel Jones. It's Daniel Jones <laughs> throwing to Sterling Shepard, Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, and Paris Campbell. That mm. does not fill me with confidence. Ames. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are people. Like it's it's the it must be like the all breakout team, all nearly breakout team, because Jamison Crowder as well. He's in there. Sterling Shepard, yeah, Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slate, and Paris Campbell, and Jalen Hyatt, who comes in probably with a uh, a, a ton on his shoulders, uh, thinking maybe this is his season, but not realizing who he's surrounded by. But yeah, yeah. I don't know what. To- um- yeah, say about this team. I, I think we've got them too high, but yeah. I, I, yeah, I think a lot of it. I think we may have got caught up in the the whole sort of Brian Dayball being a hmm. fun guy to root for as a coach. Um, and just they they were a fun team to watch last year. Hmm. And I think that may have swayed some of us in putting them somewhat higher because we like to watch teams that we like rather than yeah. teams that we want to punch. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, it's gonna. It's gonna. A lot of it's gonna rest on Saquon Barkley, Barkley's ability to stay healthy. Mm. You know, we finally got a healthy season out of him after for what's been like two, three where we haven't seen him, and he was really good. And if we can get that from him again, then the Giants will be a competitive team. I'm not saying they're going to have a similar record. I'm not saying they're even going to make the playoffs but they will at least be competitive as long as he's playing well. And if Daniel Jones can, they, they've kind of, is it like a two year deal they gave yeah. Daniel Jones? Something along those lines, like one year guaranteed. Yeah. I think it was a three year on paper, but you're right. It's basically a two year deal. Yeah, that's that, that's yeah. a general decision, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like a prove it deal. Basically it's like, look, we've given you some extra tools, you know, in Darren Waller drafted a rookie wide receiver, yeah. bringing back Saquon again. If you can do it again, fine. You're the guy. If not, we're going to start looking somewhere else, which is kind of a sensible thing to do because they were never going to be a decent enough position in the draft to go after a, a new rookie QB that would be a legitimate starter straight away. And the free agent QB market was basically Derek Carr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. What, so it was, briefly, they, they Lamar Jackson, limited- but yeah. They were they were somewhat limited in their options as to what they could do, so I think giving Daniel Jones a prove it deal and just seeing if they can get something similar again is is kind of the smart way to go. I also think um, he kind of earned it as well. You he, know, he played yeah. really well. We, we we kept making the jokes about him being the best Russian QB, but he did play really well, and he was really good on his legs yeah yes he's not the fastest yes he's not the most agile but he's a big guy so he's tough to bring down and he's not slow no the thing with thing with daniel jones for me is i think we may have already seen his ceiling as a quarterback yeah i think i think last season may have been what what you're gonna get from him yeah i don't know admittedly any growth yeah, I think if you gave him a few more tools, then the team will perform better. But I don't think you'd see a better performance from him, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So oh, perhaps, but let's also be honest. This is the first time he had a competent coach in his entire career. <laughs> that does help. It does help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Good. Anything to add, James? Yeah, Daniel Jones. You know, in South Park, you have the war veteran with the voice box that's clearly got PTSD. <laughs> yes. That's Daniel Jones <laughs> as a quarterback. He, he has existed continually in this, in this hashtag less than ideal world where every pocket he has inhabited has been absolute chaos with bullets everywhere and blood and bullets and just the horror, the horror. And inside, he's probably Colonel Kurtz from from Apocalypse Now. And he's never gotten out of that mentality in the pocket when you watch him play you can actually see the cogs turning the cogs are turning 50 to 60 percent faster than they should be his whole process is hurried his mechanics are all over the shop he and so it's just as well that he's an efficient runner because as a just as a pure pocket passer you can't sustain an offense with what he has i don't think i think I mike kafka allowed a certain amount of leeway i think Mike Kafka was very, very creative with personnel groups, particularly in the running game. They introduced a formation known as the Barge, which I think was at one point eight offensive linemen yep. on the field um, for some goal line situations. And do you know what? Do you know what? I, I love it when they spread people spread out and go five wide. But also, do you know what? When I see eight offensive linemen, I get a little bit rigid. Mm-hmm. So I really liked that. I think in Kafka, obviously being, you know working for Andy Reid is going to have that sort of element of that creative, insane, you know, I am a mad genius kind of vibe to him, um, which is probably perfect. But I think we have reached the absolute zenith of Daniel Jones. This will be peak Daniel Jones. And that's how this offense will have to exist this year. If I'm being really honest with you, and it's not sustainable, you can't, you can't game plan. You don't have eight or nine pages in your game plan as a coach that say, that are just blank pages with Daniel's going to do something. Mm. You don't game plan that. You don't, you don't. You game plan other stuff. You might have design quarterback runs, but you don't have, you know, a third of your playbook being like the Cardinals, Kylo, go do something. Yeah. That's not a strat that's not a strategy, kids. Um, so I do struggle to see how they'll be able to be as successful as they were last year. I think I, I would expect them to lean even more on the running game and be more multiple in that. Yeah. And what yeah, you might yeah. see is Kafka kind of go into the box of tricks and say well okay how can we create extra gaps how can we make the defense wrong in the running game and have a passing game that's literally keeping Daniel Jones to fewer than 25 attempts per game and keeping him efficient as well yeah that's the strategy to be successful yeah agreed number uh, 12 is the Detroit Lions Ooh. Uh, it, it will be uh, <laughs> difficult uh, to see what's going on because uh, they're all got their heads back with the nosebleeds from uh, being this high up on a power rankings for the first time ever, <laughs> probably. But the Lions look fun this year. Whatever happens, I think they're going to be fun. Uh, Bass, go for it then. Yeah, I, I was already on the hype train last year. And for the first half of the last year, it looked terrible, that, I, that idea. But they came back so damn strong. And I just the way the way they rallied and the way they even improved our defense during the second half of the season because it went from the worst, almost historically bad, to a, a pretty average but as a huge improvement defense. And let's be honest, Jared Goff last year was probably a top eight quarterback. If you just look at the stats and 
it's it's weird seeing without McVeigh golf. I think uh, with McVeigh, everybody knew McVeigh just talks him through everything, and everything I've heard now from their OC, and he has so much more responsibility now, and he is adapting to it. So he might be a much more complete quarterback than we ever thought he would be. Yeah. I I I think they are set up to let Jared Goff succeed. Yeah. Um, um yeah. And and then you look at the entire team. For starters, they kept their OC and their DC as well. They kept Ben Johnson, yeah. kept Aaron Glenn, which is massive, I think. On top yeah, of which I, I I did a little dance when he kept Ben Johnson. Mm. That's just I just want to see this team fully operational and this year it's got to be hard because they're missing a couple of players because of betting issues for the first couple of seasons, <laughs> uh, yeah, first couple of games. So might not be the most ideal start, but we'll see hmm. how it goes out. And you just want to root for them. This yeah. team deserves something after all these years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, you know, I hate to disagree with you, Bass, but uh, it is quite nice for them to be the uh, the punchline of the NFC North, if I'm honest. But, uh, but you know, I suppose they can have a year if they want. They can have a year. It's um, all right. Yeah. The Packers will be the punchline this season. I don't think they will. I think the Packers, I don't know. It depends how, a lot resting on Jordan Love. But, um, I mean, Will, one of the best offensive lines in the league? Yes. Yeah, right? <laughs> second best, second best. Oh, really? Yeah. It's just like you look at the talent all over the field on this with this offensive line, though, and the depth yeah, as well. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, really, really uh, like it. Um, the one thing, the one concern I've got about the Lions is I think they had a pretty poor off season. To be fair, I do as well. I was not in, not. I didn't like what they did in the draft. I think they made luxury picks mm. when they're not really in the position to be making luxury picks. Yeah, they they could have done with shoring up some parts of their roster. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I think they've got, they're in a good spot. I think if they've not if they're not making a playoff run, then that's a disappointing season for the Lions. And yeah, it's been I don't think I've been able to say that in my lifetime, to be quite honest. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> bonkers. Maybe, maybe when Joey Harrington was caught back in the mud, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, and it- that's a blast. Wow. That's a <laughs> long time ago, dude. dude. <laughs> wow. Uh, any final thoughts on the lines before we move on? Um, just that, 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 that I think them holding on to Ben Johnson, Ben Johnson is kind of instructing the, I think he is the signpost for what the Giants need to be doing. It's this all-purpose menu in the run game that just means that you can make the defense wrong with multiple rushing concepts mm. and like say the offensive line which is just absolutely dominant and that's key to Jared Goff's success he's always been a quarterback that's been more successful in cleaner pockets and when he operates in cleaner pockets he's very very efficient historically going back to his time in college as well when he was an air raid quarterback when he was clean he was a very good distributor of the ball the, the only thing that I think limits their ceiling is through weeks one to six when they don't have James and Williams is they still don't have any any really vertical element to that defense that someone that can take the top off. Mm. 
So I think they're still going to have to operate in a sort of almost scheming everything that's a chunk play, scheming it and operating horizontally and in quite a condensed way in the passing game as well. But I do like the fact that they added Sam Laporta. I think he was a massively underrated tight end prospect and probably deserved to be ranked a lot higher than he actually was. Agree. Um, he's he's an Iowa tight end, which automatically means he's going to be good. Um, <laughs> but defensively, I, I, I think the Jack Campbell pick felt it was a big price to pay for a player that you know would have deserved that level of investment twenty five years ago but doesn't now, particularly that type of linebacker that you can pick up in round two. He's the guy I'm I'm expecting to be the most wrong on because a lot of people like Jack Campbell and I didn't love him. But the player he is, he's a really good example of the type of player that he actually is. Yeah. He, he's, he's, he's a solid, sound, fundamental Mike linebacker, but the kind of Mike linebacker you draft on day two because he's not got a remarkable athletic profile. He's not Fred Warner and he isn't Bobby Wagner. He can't carry fast guys up the scene mm. or he can't, you know, take away a bender coming across from the other side of the field and he's dropping as the Harvard defender in Tampa two. He's not that guy, but he is that guy that comes down and will be spectacular run fit fitting the run, spectacular taking away everything within eight yards of the line of scrimmage. And and yeah. that I don't worry about. But you can get that in rounds two and three. Yeah. Well, it's nice to see the lines up here anyway. And the fact that we are nitpicking like small things rather yeah. than, my yeah, God, they're, they're, the roster's a mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah their, their their first round was weird in the draft, but their second round was fairly good with Laporta and Brian Branch, I think. So. Yeah, good point. I forgot about Brian Branch. Yeah. I, yeah. I think Brian Branch is going to be the draft, and Sam Laporta will be the two draft picks that, that, that have the most yeah. impact. But let's not forget that if you actually look at the back half of last season for the Lions, they were an incredible team for the last half of that season. Yeah. They, were really good. they were they were stomping people. I don't even hate the Hendon Hooker pickup, but yeah, but once again it does feel a bit like a luxury pickup. It's a good gamble to take though. Yeah. Next up, speaking of dizzying heights, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> I know, right? I think a lot is riding on Trevor Lawrence's shoulders. Doug Peterson managed to inspire confidence in a team that had lost all of it in the previous season, thanks to poor leadership. This team, though, is set to succeed. Christian Kirk turned out to be a really nice pickup after an off-season of criticism. And then one of the best pickups of this off-season actually happened considerably earlier than that. Calvin Ridley joining the Jacksonville Jaguars is a great pickup. Then they let's throw into it like who they've picked up in the draft. They've picked up in free agency and this team is set to succeed. What do we think? They're in the right division to succeed. They, they're probably the best team in the division. Oh, comfortably. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're going to win plenty of games in division. They're exciting. Yeah. They, as you said, they they've got wide receiver talent. They've, yeah, they they played really well last yeah. year. It's it's amazing the difference a coach who knows what he's doing can make. Who doesn't kick his kicker? That's generally a good start. Always a plus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's weird. I'm excited about watching the Jacks. Me too. Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley is a great pairing. I think so. Yeah. 
and that works well. Mm. Any other thoughts on the Jags? Mm. Getting Trevor Lawrence back to something similar mm. to what he did at Clemson was a masterstroke. Yeah. Giving him that comfort level was really important. And what we're starting to see is that he, he's kind of delivering what was promised to us. Yeah. And and it's going to be really, really interesting if he takes that next step, year three. I I would say that the top, he, he will be a top five quarterback in a couple of seasons' time quite easily. I can see that he's joining, connecting the dots, and, and he found a comfort level towards the end of last year where it was like, Okay, you you're just you're just ripping this down the field now because you know you can and because yeah. you're in a really comfortable, happy place as a quarterback in that pocket, and that was just really, really, really. It was good to see. Yeah, definitely. Any other they're going to need. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go on. I was going to say any other thoughts on the Jags? So go for it. Yeah. Uh, they're going to need both of their first round picks from last year to uh, really come on for this defense yeah. for it to be uh, any good, or well, for it to have any juice, really. Um, Josh Allen's a fine rusher, but he would benefit immensely from having someone else to take some of the heat off him. So they really need Trayvon Walker to uh, step up and be act like the number one overall pick. Chad Moomer was showing signs last year as well. I thought he was, he was reasonably decent, uh, potentially over Devon Lloyd, who I thought was struggling a little bit. So, mm. so yeah, I agree. Yeah. They want they want those two those two though specifically, yeah. Uh, they need those two to be uh, as advertised for their for that defense to function as well as it could do because yeah. the the rest apart from Josh Allen the re- the rest of that defense are kind of good not great players yeah. So totally they good. need they need to get some juice from somewhere. Yeah. And that's the concern. You, you draft Trayvon Walker at one, and, and even based on college, he was a traits-based pick. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of evidence that he actually is a down-to-down, reliable, productive edge rusher. It's all projection. The problem when you have someone who's projection like that is when you don't have anybody else with any experience to, to help with that development in the D-line, it, it, it can be quite a difficult process to bring that person along. Yeah. And Josh Allen, you know, was was good last year, particularly when sacking Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> that but, game was um, set up for so much disappointment, and it just it exceeded expectation. I, I know, and, oh, and, and maybe it's a, mm. a massive anomaly, but I think that what what Trayvon Walker really needed was an experienced running mate. Yeah, and that's kind of probably going to retard his development somewhat, unless they can. Yeah, but pass rush, they need they need that badly, badly. Number ten, Seattle Seahawks. How are you feeling, Phil? Number ten. I am disappointed. We are this low down. Really? Um, <laughs> yes, we've got a super talented roster. Where? <laughs> Well, we've got three really good wide receivers. We've yeah. got a quarterback who doesn't let us down. We've got two good running backs. We've got an improving offensive line. We've got the beginnings of a really good secondary. We're Put actually really good. Yeah, apart from him. <laughs> <laughs> it's an extra body. If injuries happen, we can play. <laughs> I, see, I see. 
No, I, I do agree. I, I, woolen, woolen witherspoons now, now is a very nice pairing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really good squad, and as long as Gino doesn't, you know, take a massive dip down the Gino coaster line, as long as he plays something similar to what he did last year, mm. we're probably going to end up with a, I think, better mm. record. I mean, that's because we've yeah. We've added talent in the right places. We've <laughs> it's amazing what we do when we actually have draft picks. Yeah. Instead of throwing them away for big name players that then disappoint us immediately. Thank you, Denver, for that. We like those. <laughs> really helpful. Um, Anytime, Phil. Anytime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I agree. I think it's, it's, it's a well built roster. Well built roster. Last off season I uh, I was dreading the season coming mm. and I was wrong to do so I was wrong about Geno's and I'm fully on board and uh, we are basically the second or third best team in the NFC I can't be fully on board with Gino. That that's that's where I'm at we saw one I amazing understand. season last year but <laughs> I'm hoping it works out even then did we saw on one amazing season or did we saw an amazing half of a season and an okay second half of the season also kind of true. Also kind of true. Because if you get the second half, Gino Smith, they're going to be decent, but not great. Yeah. So we saw a season, the first half of the season, which was almost MVP level. Yeah. And then, yeah, there was a, there was definitely a drop-off. Definitely. And he was still one of the best QBs in the NFC. I mean, he's not. Which I think says. Much. <laughs> I know that says more about the QB depth in the NFC than anything else. The difference between Still. the NFC and the NFC is absurd at the moment. It, yeah, it really it's, is, it's, yeah. the NFC is Jalen Hurts and then everybody else. Yeah. Their car might be the second best QB in the NFC at the moment. Well, you could say this is the thing. You could make this argument about a bunch of the QBs in the NFC. Mm. It's like, is it him? Is it Tua? Is it Gino? Is it... Well, it's not Tua. Yep, definitely not Tua. If Tua's healthy, he's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Any final thoughts, or do I get to have an amazing segue? Segway away. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Well, just an observation on Gino is... He was the same quarterback. He's always been under pressure. Yeah, he was just under pressure less. And when he was uh, the stretches where he was under less pressure, he was better than he's ever been. Yeah, and that's that. That's the secret sauce. So I think when you had Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas, and they were performing really well at the start of the year, that translated into Gino having a really good level of comfort, being very, very good. Mm. Really good, particularly one of the best deep passers in the NFL. I mean, in fact, the statistically the best deep passer in the NFL for, I think, all of the season, actually. Mm. Not most of it. But we know he's still the same quarterback under pressure. And it's about mitigating how often he is under pressure. Because... Under pressure, Gino is that Gino. He's still that guy under pressure. So let's keep him clean, and you'll get the best Gino you can get. 
At number nine, potentially the second best quarterback in the league, is Dak Prescott. Disappointing last season, but generally has been pretty good. He is under the Jedi Council, and by Jedi Council I mean uh, a unit of coaches that were formed in a galaxy far, far away a long time ago. Um, (laughs) Mike McCarthy, Brian Schottenheimer, Dan Quinn, and John Faisal. This is like an all 2012 uh, coaching lineup. To be fair, Dan Quinn has done an excellent job of the past two seasons. Yeah, I know. I'm being really unfair there. But at the same time... One of these guys is not like the others. Yes, pretty yeah. much so. <laughs> well, one of these guys is probably the future head coach of the team, let's be honest. Um, it was Dan Quinn. Yeah. That being said, you know, I did say I would give Mike McCarthy his credit where it's due. This team has been winning games. They've been playing reasonably well. I don't hate the wide receiving group of Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, and CD Lamb. Tony Pollard. Got, yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah. yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, you've got a clear number one there with CD Lamb and yeah. then two good receivers to surround him with, which is it's ideal. Yeah. Uh, Tony Pollard being the number one running back. Without mm-hmm. Jerry Jones being able to interfere on this one, it's not the worst thing in the world. I am slightly concerned about the running back depth, but I'll get over it. In general, I think this team's pretty good on defense. Dan Quinn, as we've discussed already, has managed to um, be very uh, get the most out of this this unit. So, so that's good as well. How are we feeling about the uh, Cowboys? They should be re- they should be really good, shouldn't they? Yeah. I this know. should be really good. I mean, they've got they've got talent everywhere. I love the May, the Maisie Smith pickup. Uh, excellent roster move. Got some concerns about the older players on that offensive line, but Tyler Smith was a, a revelation last year. He played really well across the line. He played, I think, he played almost every position except center. So he should be. <laughs> it, uh, he'll be a good stand-in for wherever he needs to play because. Tyron, I don't think Tyron Smith has completed a full season recently at all. He's always uh, dinged up. So, but I don't, we can talk about the talent on the roster all we like. The problem's not not on the roster. The problem's on the sideline. You still, you still not having faith in uh, Brian Schottenheimer in the Space Cowboys. Brian Schottenheimer. <laughs> you when was think- the last time Brian Schottenheimer? coordinated a top 15 offense. <laughs> you don't think that's a uh, a worthwhile replacement then? No. <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> no, no. Can, can better getting finished. Joe Lombardi in. <laughs> well, hey, Joe Lombardi was highly sought after this offseason, so... <laughs> I, I kind of agree. Do you think they're riding on their defense a bit too much? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because their offense is going to be really badly run. Mm. It's got loads of talent. Don't get mm. me wrong. That Prescott's a really good QB, and as long as he can keep the interception down, they'll be fine. But the problem is going to be more scheme related rather than talent related, mm. which I feel like has been the Cowboys' problem for some time now. I think mm. pretty much all of Dak's tenure. It's always been a problem that the coaching around him hasn't been great. Mm. Which sucks because 
Dak is a really good QB and he's a really nice person. Kind of feel like he never gets a chance, doesn't it? It's it's a weird one. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Any other thoughts on the Dallas Cowboys? Um, it's curious that Brian Schottenheimer's the OC right around the time they start sitting out the light, the running back depth chart because the one thing we do know that Brian Schottenheimer likes to do is run the ball, mm. run the ball, run the ball to a fault. He's basically his dad, um, but he's not a fifth of a coach that Mike Schottenheimer was. Um, so that's a bit puzzling. Um, I think the secret source for this offense under Kellen Moore when the passing game was at its best was when Michael Gallup was able to be that third piece mm. that could help stretch the field, particularly at the boundary. It gave them a, a, a three-dimensional field, more three-dimensional fields, that passing game. Mm. I think when you're just operating with CD lamb and just other people, bit part players around him, it becomes more condensed and it is more of a sort of short intermediate yak kind of feel to it. Yeah. So I think if Michael Gallup is back and healthy and back to 2021, Michael Gallup, let's go. Um, but the removal of Dalton Schultz, that could have an interesting impact actually, because he, he was very much that, you know, where Dak sometimes is like, okay, he, he robotically goes through the read and then it's just, let's get it to Dalton now. Cause that's the read. And Dalton Schultz has always sat there eight yards downfield and, He's not going to give you any yak. He's not going to break any tackles. He's just basically Jason Witten cordial. <laughs> and the removal of Dalton hmm. Schultz from Dak's kind of hmm. process, that could be interesting and in how they adjust to that as well in the passing game. Also, the fact that Tony Pollard is more of a boom and bust runner than Zeke. Hmm. Tony Pollard is capable of more explosive plays, but he's not. Historically, with the exception of last season, been as good as those staining runs, the three, the four, the five yard runs consistently all the time. He yeah, he's not a grind you down runner. No. Yeah, he's two or three, then 17 kind of feel to it. Is that how, how that is that development from him down to down going to continue into this year? I don't know. They could go and give a certain ex Vikings running back a call to see if he's available. Which he is because he's currently a free agent. I would be astonished if he wasn't a dolphin very soon. Hmm. That it seems to be the way it's right. Misstep. Seems to be the way it's Misstep. The dolphins let him slip through their fingers. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I mean, that's number nine. We've got to midnight. Should we call it a day <laughs> and do the last eight? Uh, another day, or do we plow on? And just get power through. Power get through. It done. Right, we've got to do this quick because I really need to get to bed. Though number eight, <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, for me, mm. it, it comes down to if they can stay healthy, they're going to be a force. But they yeah. can't stay healthy generally. Yeah. Um, they've got a quarterback that's on an awful lot of money now as well. Um, new OC. New OC. Todd Monson. Yeah, good point. Which would probably help. I'm encouraged by what he did with the Georgia offense. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you can get that out of Stetson Bennett, what can you get out of Lamar Jackson? Yeah, but Stetson Bennett, Bennett's got the experience of uh, playing through a variety of different decades. So it's, with uh, leather helmets. With leather helmets, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's that going from. I like the signings as well. Odell Beckham's obviously a great signing. I think that's a nice little fit. 
and should help. Yeah, they they desperately yeah. need receiver help, and I think he's a good fit. Yeah. Um, and once again, I come into this season with hope for J.K. Dobbins actually taking a step forward. Hopefully, that is that is kind of the problem with this team, though. Mm. There's so many players in key positions with injury questions. We haven't seen Beckham play football for over a year. Yeah. Rashad Bateman hasn't played a full season since he got in the league. Jake Dobbins. Yeah, Jake, Ronnie Stanley, the same. Um, Jake Dobbins has had a horrendous injury the other last season. So there's just so many players with so many questions, which is probably what's holding them back on our power rankings, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I think they've dropped down a little bit because I think we had them as actual, like, Super Bowl contenders. Like, nailed on Super Bowl contenders and and just like two years of continued kind of treading water through injury uh, has me a little concerned and some of the players are beginning to get a little bit older as well they're on this team so but the conspicuous blockage in the offense has been removed yeah you think that was the big de- big de- big deal Greg Roman. I think the inability of him to marry his running, rushing and passing attack and them to be clearly existing as two very separate entities within the offense made mm. it very clear what you were going to do on certain downs and distances from certain formations and the way that it just didn't fit together made it very easy for defenses to kind of contain that passing game and, and yeah. limit it. So it made them predictable and forced it to be about Lamar. Yeah. And I think with Todd Munkin, it will be more of a Lamar as a extra piece to this yeah. yeah yeah the offense always looked like it was really having to work super hard to get points yeah it was always just like coming down to like a desperate play on a third down from lamar or Lamar throwing it to mark andrews or something along those lines almost yeah. every time down the field which yeah. is no way to get wins consistently on the plus side having other talent on the team should make Mark Andrews' life a little bit easier as well. Yes. Mm. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, defense, <clears throat> I mean, it's the same story pretty much. There's players that have just been treading water a bit and there's players that have been unhealthy and now we need them to take a step forward. We need Carl Hamilton to have a better season than last year, even though I think towards the end of the season he played quite well. Roquan Smith was a revelation for this, this Ravens team. Mm. Um worth every penny for them that he wasn't worth for the, the Bears. Um, <laughs> missing Calais Campbell this year is going to be a problem, but they're going to rely on hell on Odafe Oa. Uh, and uh, I mean, not much else really looking at it. J- Justin Madabuki. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot riding on David Ajabo as well. Oh my God. Yeah. Good point. I forgot about that. If Oa and Ajabo, pan out hmm. it's a big if it's a big if though yeah one of the things that the signing of Rokon Smith did as well was it unlocked Patrick Queen absolutely a much better player they kind of they kind of made him do the, the Devin White thing hmm. that uh, he did in the Super Bowl and because Rokon Smith was able to like play clean up behind him so yeah it, it, it gave him two players in one trade yeah absolutely you um, attack and I'll mop up the assassination spatter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, secondary as well. Marlon Humphrey has been very good generally, but um, they need more this season. Rocky Sin, 
He's an interesting signing. Carl Hamilton needs to be probably better. And Marcus Williams has been pretty decent. But yeah, that's uh, an interesting situation that he finds himself in. Um, just in general, yeah, I think it's... I think it should be interesting. Marcus Williams played reasonably well last year, but um, well, there's still so many question marks, and I think that holds them back a bit. The important thing mm. is that they still have the team's real MVP, which <laughs> is Justin Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no question. <laughs> the greatest kicker of all time is still there. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that win, They'll win several games by two points, yeah. Okay, uh, moving on to the Miami Dolphins at number seven. Kind of love this. They have continued to improve throughout the offseason. After a breakout season last year with Mike McDaniels and Tua when he was on the field. A lot of it comes down to Tua being on the field, I think. Just whether you can stay on the field. I have questions about the offensive line as well. Uh, Will, you can... Mm -hmm. You can potentially take over here, but mm. well, they picked up Teron Armstead, didn't they? Um, who is excellent when he's healthy, mm. which is probably why the Saints didn't want to retain him, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, and everybody else is, yeah, is he, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I think, well, I think they're going to be helped out by the scheme, to be honest. Mike McDaniel, I think I really went Mike McDaniel. Um, I think he's did, did an excellent job, and he's really good at getting the ball out fast. Yeah. So that's really going to help this line out. So it doesn't need to be world beating. However, having witnessed what we witnessed last season with Tua, you'd, you'd like it to be a little better than it actually is. Yeah, agreed. There's a lot riding on Tua staying upright. Mm. Um, so they got Mike White in. Everything's fine. Problem solved. Take it all back, winning Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, I do. I do think the reason they're going to be a lot better though is because they picked up Vic Fangio, who is going to solidify that defense. Yes. Yep. Totally. And that defense has got some. It's got some talent on it. Um, Xavier Howard, yeah. Bradley Chubb, some, Jalen yeah, Ramsey. Jalen. Yeah. So, yeah. he's Mr. Fangio has got a lot to lot to work with there. I think they're going to be a lot better on that side of the ball. And if they can be just as good on offense, then they're going to be a real problem. I completely agree. And I think they probably will be. I think they. I think seven's probably about right. Don't, yeah. Still don't think they're going to be a Super Bowl winner, but I think they are going to give a lot of good teams bloody noses. Uh, anyone got anything to add? I like their coach. He's the right blend of entertaining and weird. Yeah, he's a nerd, isn't he? And I kind of love that. Yeah, in a in a really cool, funny way. Yeah, because he just he's very self aware. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they might also be missing Tyreek Hill for a couple of games, maybe depending on whether he gets suspended for getting in a fight again. Yeah, which is pretty massive. Uh, Jalen Waddle was kind of activated when Ty- Ty- when Tyreek Hill was on the team. Although Jalen Waddle was very good the season before as well, but. Yeah, so it's a nice mix for the two of them. So yeah, we moving on from Miami Dolphins, or yeah, just just one more thing about Mike McDaniel. I loved it when they he was told about how much the commanders got sold for, and he just went, and they never bought me a coffee. <laughs> one of my favourite stories is well, it's it's a Bears right story, so that's why I love it. Which was um, 
when um, Justin Fields broke a run, he ended up on the sideline. And you can see Mike McDaniel going, can you stop running, please? And they asked him <laughs> about it. And he goes, yeah, I was pretty annoyed about it. He didn't follow my instruction. <laughs> I think he's just... You know when you see someone that's clearly having a good time? Yep. It's it's really refreshing. And I think oh, yeah. that is Mike McDaniel. So, yeah. A fun Dolphins team for the first time in forever. So, yeah. Okay. Number six, then. With a new offensive coordinator, we have the LA Chargers. Um, I mean, this team is always here or hereabouts and never seems to live up to the hype. But this year... There is the right combination of Brandon Staley and Kellen Moore, the right combination of pickups in the offseason that they could actually do it. Right? Yep. Same as we say every year. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not making the playoffs. Yep. How are they going to charge? Sorry, Chargers. Yep. We've, we've just uh, ruined yep, your season. Just you again. Yeah. We put them we harmless. What were you expecting? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just always with the Chargers. It's there. It's right there. They just need to grab it. Yeah. They're probably in a better position to do that than they have been for the last couple of years. Yeah. Like, they've got an offensive coordinator with a proven track record of not just absolutely soiling the bed. <laughs> uh, which they had didn't have before. They picked up a, a receiver that complements their other receivers very nicely. Their offensive line, if you can stay health, healthy, is pretty good. They still, good. yeah, especially on the left side. You, yeah, I mean, Rashawn Slater mm. and, and uh, yeah, yeah, agreed, and Lindsley in the middle as well. Very good. Yeah. Um, you've still got Austin Eckler. You've still got Brandon Saley, who was brought in because he was a defensive genius. With a ton of excellent players on that team as well. Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Enric Kendricks, great pickup. Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, Asante Samuel Jr., Derwin James. Hmm? Sorry, every time I hear Asante Samuel, I go Asante Sana, Squash Banana. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, that's all right. It just. In general, this team is, is is somewhat loaded and we are waiting for them to break out. And every year we'll have them high up, but this year they might actually do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, until they accidentally deflate one of their quarterback's lungs. I was going to say, if they still got the same doctor, then... <laughs> I always assume... Has anyone seen the film Cannonball Run? Yes. I always assume it's the ago. doctor from that. <laughs> I always thought it was Zoidberg. Zoidberg, there you go. I think Zoidberg would be an improvement over the coming there. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. Any thoughts on the Chargers, except for the fact they're probably going to do reasonably well, but not well enough to make the playoffs? It's really, really massively important that Kellen Moore gets through to Justin Herbert. Yeah. About, I think Nate Tice mentioned it, on the athletic podcast a couple of weeks ago mm. don't get hung up on the fact that joe lombardi was your oc two and a half years don't be terrified of the mistake yeah turn it loose 
yeah. down the field more frequently. They're going to draw up plays for him to be able to do it. Yeah. Quentin Johnston is someone that they have drafted specifically to be able to do that because of his athletic profile. Yeah. So it's not just about throwing the contested ball to Mike or the yak play to Keenan. And they just need to get him into that mindset of, I'm really good at playing quarterback. I am probably one of the top five throwers in the NFL, if not probably top three. Mm. And maybe I should just be that person. A bit, be a bit more Josh Allen. Yeah. About it, please. Thank you. Yeah. Anyone got anything to add? No? Cool. Number, <laughs> number five. It's another nearly team. San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> so it's so hard to figure out what this Niners team is, but you can guarantee they'll do pretty well. For starters, who's their quarterback? Sam Donald. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hope that's true. <laughs> I really do. Um, but it's probably Brock Purdy. Uh, which leaves them with a very expensive first round quarterback on the bench and expensive. But I mean, they gave up an awful lot to go up and get him. Yeah. Mm. Um, but then they're loaded at receiver. Their offensive line's very good. Well, um, it's, it is improved by their head coach who yeah. schemes them up fantastically. Also, also, Trent Williams is one of the best tackles to, to ever play the game. So, yeah. And not everyone else, no one on the line is bad, but I think they all pale in comparison to their left tackle, yeah. who is a beast. Yeah, agreed. And yeah, and yeah, like I said, they, they get schemed up superbly. So, they are a line that is greater than the sum of their parts. Then, adding to that, George Kittle, Carl Dusiek, and Christian McCaffrey. Like this team is loaded. And then on defense, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave. Nick what a pickup. Bosa. Yeah, a great pickup. Fred Warner, probably the best linebacker in the league. Um, Dre Greenlaw. Hmm? Dre, yeah. Dre Greenlaw as well. Yeah. And an incredible secondary as well. This team is, is set to do very, very well. I think it's slightly concerning. We don't really know who their quarterback is going to be. That's all. I get worried. Because how much longer are the Carl Shanahan 49ers going to be an exercise in this is how you, you know, this is kind of almost this academic offensive exercise in offensive academia, as it were. Mm. They're like this example you hold up of how to be multiple personnel groupings, how to be have a really good sort of cheesecake factory menu run game thing happening and to be able to be formationally diverse out of just 21 personnel and be able to do anything out of 21 personnel and mm. all of that, that's all great and everything. But at what point are they going to... There seems to be this kind of difficulty, Kyle, with a quarterback. Yeah. Because he appears to want the quarterback that does everything the way he wants it done. And sometimes the quarterback that does everything the way he wants it done isn't the quarterback that's going to win them certain types of game. Yeah where the other teams figured it out. Doesn't have a quarterback who when you know sometimes it it it's the old adage 
when it gets tight, and especially in the playoffs, don't think plays, think players. And sometimes you have to think players, and you're not thinking about George Kittle or Debo Samuel. Sometimes that player has to be your quarterback. You mm. have to run that quarterback to make a big boy throw. And how many times have we seen a nice quarterback either not take the big boy throw because they don't just don't they aren't they aren't asked to play that way and it's not in their nature, or because the big boy play quarterback is sat on the bench because he doesn't run the rest of the offense the way Kyle wants. Yeah, that for me does Kyle actually limit their ceiling? That's an interesting question to ask. Mm. That's really, really they, strange. Uh, it, it's 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 a far less significant version of the Greg Roman thing. Really, hmm. it's kind of the same kind of philosophical issue. There's a point where the, the passing game and the running game only takes you so far. <laughs> yeah, and then there's this the difference between for me a Super Bowl winning Carl Shanahan team and. <clears throat> one that loses in a Super Bowl is oh, you came up against a team that could run toe-to-toe with you and limit you just enough to beat mm. you because they had players. Yeah, I think we saw that with the Eagles, didn't we? Mm. It, it, it was it was very noticeable that you. I mean, it didn't help that Brock Purdy was injured and that they at one point they had to use Christian McCaffrey as the QB. Obviously, that doesn't help, but you could see the difference in having that superstar QBE makes instantly because the Eagles mm. could rely on Jalen Hurts to make a big play when it was necessary when backs against the wall maybe the you know the scheme isn't quite working he can make something magic happen and you can see the difference that makes no absolutely yeah yes. the most successful versions of these offenses are the versions that have that spectacularly gifted quarterback that does just enough of what's required. If you look at the models of this type of offense historically that have been successful, it's Gary Kubiak and Mike Shanahan in 1997 and 98 with John Elway. It's um, it's even sort of like, it's not the same, but it's the same genesis mm. of it. Conceptually, it's the Rams, not with Jared Goff, but it's the Rams with Matthew Stafford. Do you see the differences? And also, if you think about the Texans with Gary Kubiak and Matt Schaub, they were always good, but they were never, ever realistically going to win a title because Matt Schaub has a a floor as a quarterback. You mm. need to have that perfect balance of a guy who can absolutely rip it, yep. but also can run that offense the way it's supposed to be run. Yeah, okay. it's, it's it's no... It's no um... Coincidence that the best we've ever seen this often is when it was a, a with peak Matt Ryan. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's absolute. That's the grail. Yeah. That should look, that NFC Championship game is like that's almost pornographic. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you don't like the Packers now, just watch it. It'll make you feel. Oh, it's great. Immediately. It's crazy how they went on to win that Super Bowl. Well, I assume they did. I I, I stopped watching at halftime. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, you didn't. We were all together. And no. I, saw <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was all for it because I, I like excitement in the game. But surrounded by people going, "Oh God, they're going to do it, aren't they?" Yeah, I don't know that I've ever been so angry with a team. I, I don't know. I think Bass was probably fairly happy. 
Yeah, I'd imagine it probably was, yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for any truly nerdy people out there, and it might just literally be Will on the podcast, um, I've, I've got uh, some, uh, my, my 40k army I've painted red and black, and someone points out I painted them in the, the colours of the uh, Atlanta Falcons, so they're now the 283rd Dirty Birds. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so um, moving on, number four, Cincinnati Bengals. Mm. I feel this is low because I think they're going to be really, really good this year. Yes, because fourth on this list does make them sound like they're terrible. No, I'm talking <laughs> about that I think they might be above the team that's above them because I think the team that's above them might have taken a step down. But, yeah. One of the top four teams is actually fundamentally flawed, and it's not this one. Yeah. Yes. No, I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I think Joe Burrow probably takes a step forward. If not, they've got Trevor Simeon, so everything's going to be fine. Um, and then oh, yes. <laughs> Jamar Chase, T Higgins, and Tyler Boyd are still on this team, which was, I think, yep. a massive coup uh, in the in the off season. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how either. <laughs> he sat there holding his head in his hands like what? Uh, <laughs> the Patriots the can't get one this. receiver. Why do <laughs> these guys have three? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe Mixon's still on the team. Looked pretty good last year, and then the offensive line improved. Right, yeah, you know, maybe not. It, well, it, it well, no, it did improve because the, there was nowhere else for it to go but up from yeah. uh, where it was. <laughs> <laughs> the but yeah, that that season is a complete outlier. You can't have a line that bad and expect to make the Super Bowl every year. No, it is better, it's a lot better than it was. Um, I still have some concerns about Jonah Williams, mm. uh, but uh, I think, I think the Center guards are solid, if unspectacular. Orlando Brown is a, is a really good pickup. Um, but yeah, so it's all on that right tackle, whether it's uh, Jonah Williams or the often injured Lyle Collins. I think they've got a problem there. Good point. Really good point. But otherwise, otherwise, it's a cracking offensive roster. Yeah, it really is. Like It might be one of the best wide receiving groups in the league, right? Uh, I, yeah, I don't think you get one better than no. those three. Hmm. I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. And then I would agree. There are teams where the one is better. Yeah. Yeah. But as an overall three, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change it really. I would group. argue there might be one or two teams where the one is better. Not many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's probably two. Yeah. Maybe maybe only one. Yeah. No, two. two. Yeah. At most two. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, but the one with the with the probable number one. It has, doesn't have uh, Joe Burrow drawings, I'm sure. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, that's, uh, that does make a difference. And if he did, yeah. let's not Oof. imagine that reality. No, I'm sure um, Joe Burrow and also the wide receiver would like that to be something that was happening right now, to be honest. Um, mm. Defense is solid as well. And the one thing we can say about Luan Aruma, who's another coup that he's still there, by the way, as well, while we're at it. Definitely. Um, is that he has consistently got better while he's been on this team. Uh, last year, this defense was one of the best in the league. Um, not much. I think the thing that's incredible about this defense or about Lou specifically is yeah. his ability to adapt yes. his uh, game plan to his opponent. Uh, and it's, it's like what everything we praise Bill Belichick for is what Luana Rumo is doing. So yeah, he's a, it, an incredible it's yeah you you are completely correct it's incredibly still on this team uh they could have been very good but yeah 
The only question is, how are they going to handle the loss of Jesse Bates? I mean, he was probably one of the faces of their defense the last mm. couple of years. So. And yeah. They drafted a new guy in, but... Yeah. yeah Dax Hill should be yeah. better yeah. this year. Mm. He was solid yeah. when he came on as well last year. He was, he was. Yeah. I think he'd be fine. I think yeah. he'd be fine. Yeah. Agreed. Oh. I think this team's going to be very, very good. Personally, I had them high. Running game, the running game needs to continue to, yeah. be, to, to get better, though. It oh, absolutely. To, I think. And I don't know if we're not, if if they were necessarily that wise in removing so letting Samaj P. Ryan leave. Yeah, I was about to say, mm. I'm not sure if letting P. Ryan go was a good idea. Good point. Because the more they they inserted him as a factor in that running game, the more multiple the running game became, and the more effective the passing game became towards the end of the season when it was like 60-40 Joe Mix and P. Ryan, everything just seemed to click and snap. And there were games where they were just destroying teams. Yeah. They, they, in fact, there's a statistic about the Bengals. So what was it? Six percent last year they ran power six percent of the time. Okay, now yeah. that's a regularly used run concept. Six percent is a lot of snaps. Six mm. percent was also the percentage of snaps where they kneeled down, <laughs> which shows you how dominant they were in some games. Yeah. As much as many snaps kneeling as they did running power. Yeah. And that perfect marriage of that was when they had P. Ryan and Mixon perfectly balanced with that passing game, which, by the way, became much more sustainable because it did actually become less about throwing it deep at the boundary and more about actually having a proper all-purpose passing game because you have this quarterback with this crazy prodigious in-the-moment ability to process what's happening after the snap. He's just like, sorts, works it out there and then. Sold yeah, they, be- they became less reliant on Jamar Chase performing feats of magic and more rel- and it became more balanced, which was actually more terrifying. Oh yeah, if you give you give Joe Burrow time, it's over. Yeah. It's always going to be over. You're going to have a really difficult afternoon. If you, you don't have even too up. much time either. So yeah. No. Two point five seconds is too much time. Yeah, you need to, to get in fast. Number three, then, Buffalo Bills. Mm. Personally, mm. I think the Bengals might have overtaken the Bills. But yeah. Josh Allen can cook up uh, all kinds of craziness. Stephon Diggs is still great if he's going to be playing. Uh, Gabe Davis, pretty solid, but took a step back last season. They still can't. Run I don't the know. Ball. Yeah. I know about Gabe Davis. I think he's cruising off that one game we all saw him yeah. play really well in. Yeah, I think he might be. I, th- I completely agree. <laughs> um, and then their run game, still nothing to write home about, and the offensive line's got worse. Right, Will? <laughs> oh, it's not got better. No, it definitely hasn't. No. It's almost like a, a news bit, and it's like... And just throwing it and throwing it over to Will on offensive line duty. <laughs> He's like the equivalent of the weather guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Rapid warm. It's going to be raining sacks. 
Now over to John Simpson, who's dodging grenades. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah, they they do. They need some wide receiver talent. Mm. So, I mean, obviously Hopkins is out there, but I'm sure there are, there are other wide receivers they could go and get to increase the depth at that position, which would really help. And they do, they do need to improve that offensive line because much as, yes, Josh Allen can carry the team and carry most of a defensive line with him as they try and bring him down, he shouldn't have to do that. It's getting a bit Lamar Jackson-ish. Uh, it it is just like, really beginning to feel like they're not improving the offensive line because they're like, as Josh Allen, he'll be all right. It'll be fine, yeah. It'll be fine. It's, it's like I say, it's, a, it's, it's like Lamar Jackson was yeah. struggling with. It's just like, oh, well, it's, you know, he'll just drag three or four defenders with him and get us a first down anyway. Yeah. And it, it stopped, like the previous couple of seasons, it had been quite easy for them to get touchdowns and get scores. Yeah. Whereas last season, they looked like they started to really struggle, especially towards the end of the season. It became harder and harder yeah. for them to, to get easy scores. Which, yeah, is is down to the fact that Josh Allen has less time and he's having to do more physical work dragging people around. Uh, defense has been, is okay. Like it's, I mean, it's pretty much what it was last year minus, uh, come on, Edmonds. Um, so, yeah, how are we feeling about the team in general? How's everyone feeling? Trenches is a problem. Both sides. Yeah. yeah. Pass pro and pass rush. Yeah. And if you can't do both, if you can't do one of those well, that really limits you. If you can't do either well, that's not a recipe for playoffs. No. And I think Von Miller, his elongated absence bothers me. Um, and when he comes back, is he going to be that same Von Miller that unlocked Gregory Rousseau? Yeah. Because I don't know that Gregory Rousseau in and of himself is the guy. I think he's a complimentary pass rusher. Along with Leonard Floyd while we're at it. Yeah. Yeah. But it just it's a shame because you look at the secondary and you're like, I could absolutely live with that secondary any day of the week. Yeah, I like Matt Milano, linebacker. It's I can live with Ed Oliver. And the run defense is it, it's okay. It's not amazing, but it's that pass rush and just the lack of it, and how the removal of Von Miller dramatically limited that. If you can't get pressure on quarterbacks in the playoffs, most of those those quarterbacks are good quarterbacks. And if you don't pressure a good quarterback, you're asking to lose the game. Yeah. It feels like we've gone too far with this team, right? Like it feels now we're now at, we're, we're, we're heading downhill now. Like we went uphill, we're heading uphill, we're heading uphill. They could win a Super Bowl and now it feels like we're over the hill. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, there's a little too much Josh Allen go do something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there is, isn't there? I do like the addition of Dalton Kincaid. Oh, I agree. Yeah, option for 
Yeah. Especially in the red zone, I think that's going to be extremely helpful. Yeah, and I agree. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you need. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a weapon that's much needed. Yeah. On that offense. Yeah. Number two, then. Philadelphia. This will be the. Yeah. I was going to say the best offensive line in the league. Yeah. Too low. Mm-hmm. Too low. Ah. You had number one, didn't you? Oh. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I don't hate that take. No, I, I completely agree. My entire feeling says they should be number one. Oh, um, really? Until the Chiefs lose, they're going to be number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, and the Chiefs now have the, the same issue that the Patriots always had. They're going to be there. You need to beat them to win the Super Bowl. I, I, I hate that the Chiefs are number one on this list. And I hate it because it's the recency bias of it all. But you genuinely can't see a way the Chiefs can lose it. Except you're yeah. willing, obviously, who thinks they should be number one. I think the diff- I think the Philadelphia Eagles have a more talented team across the board I agree. than the Chiefs do. Yep. It's just the Chiefs have the most talent at the most important position. Hmm. Yeah. And a it, it's just a combination. Nutty of, professor head coach. Yeah. Yeah. And the, probably the greatest tight end in the whole time. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. It's, Ooh. it's getting harder. Uh, I don't I even mean, know that he's the greatest Chiefs tight end of all time. Can't even block. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I remember Tony Gonzalez quite clearly. <laughs> yeah. But for me, with, for me, I love of course, him. as a Patriots fan, Gronk will always be one of the greatest but and especially the highs are pr- probably better than Kelsey but the the fact that Gronkowski wasn't on the field half the time at most points and Kelsey is always there and with with the turn way it's going I don't see them stopping those three so but we're, we're talking about the Eagles, sorry. We are. So the Eagles are probably an all-round better roster. Devontae Smith yeah. was excellent last year. AJ Brown was a, a great pickup in the offensive line. As discussed, oh, yeah. is probably one of the best in the league. DeAndre Swift this season, excellent pickup. Sneaky, under-the-radar pickup. Rashad Penny, who, when he's on the field, is one of the best running backs in the league. Yep. I love that as well. Um, on defense... Picking up Jalen Carter seemed like a cheat code, although we'll wait and see what happens. And then along with Nolan Smith as well, uh, just unreal. They retained Hassan Reddick. Darius Slay still on the team. Uh, James Bradbury's been uh, pretty good. Avante, pretty good. Yeah. Avante Maddox, Brandon Graham still playing. Fletcher Cox is still playing. There is just so much talent on this roster. I do wonder. I do wonder whether you're right, Will. I do. <laughs> and the best offensive line in the league. Yeah, it really is. With the most unstoppable offensive play, with the two-cheek push. Yeah. <laughs> Which how, I like that they... Taken, hmm? How's it taken the NFL 102 years to get to this point? Why did they? How did they not arrive there sooner? You it thought, so, seems so obvious. That is particularly <laughs> Just, obvious as well, right? Just grab him by his waistband and launch him over the top of the incoming yeah. defenders. 
But they tried to make it illegal, didn't they? Every time. Yeah, and it, it didn't pass on the grounds that, well, anybody, any team can do this. It's not like they've done this out of some weird loophole. It's literally yeah. just, we're just shoving it. Yeah, it's not lining up wide so, receivers as offensive linemen and offensive linemen as wide receivers. It's just, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's literally, it's, we're just picking him up and shoving him. There's an interesting formational um, little thing about the two cheek push as well. Yeah. They have a specific left cheek player. Yeah, really? <laughs> it's it on the player that has the highest percentage of snaps at left cheek is Dallas Goddard. Right cheek is more interchangeable on a snap to snap basis. <laughs> I've only I've only I've only tracked eleven two cheek pushes so far. <laughs> it's, it's, we, need, we need a bigger sample set. <laughs> Also, the inline tight end to the strong side of the formation is normally AJ Brown. Yeah, big strong lump. Yeah, okay. I mean, literally, he's he's enormous. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So we just need so, physical strength here. Yeah. But how it took us 102 years for this to really become a thing is beyond me. Crazy, right? I don't I'm not. I'm, I don't know. I well, really don't know. It could only become a thing when once they slackened off the assist in the runner rules that they did three or four years ago. Yeah. Yeah, because yes. prior to that, they would have got called for assisting the runner. Mm. Yes, yes, yeah. and but then no one really ever called it. And no. I can think of two times when assisting the runner like clearly happens. <laughs> yeah, you got um, to pick him up and run with him. No, and obviously, you know, just literally, you know, jumping on Isaac Suomalo's back is not. A viable option, obviously, because <laughs> there's still obviously a rule against that. But the two cheek push, it, it, it feels like we should have got there sooner. Yeah, really for me. Andy Reid should be absolutely beside himself at the fact that he didn't <laughs> think of it. Yeah, or steal it from an FCS program that was doing it. He has, he has um, got the um, the ringer in the Rose's offense though. So yes, <laughs> he can steal it. He does. It needs to be more of that. <laughs> yeah, that yes, was more of that place. Yeah, Kansas, that thank you. Yeah. Any advantage? Any advantage? Anything that gets a defense down there going, what the? And, and if you can have the defense confused for three seconds, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah agreed. Gangnam style. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, I mean, our one two is predictably the Super Bowl winners and the Super Bowl runners up. Uh, the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Coming to this season, it's just more Patrick Mahomes, isn't it? That, that's that's why we've got them number one, right? They, they are they are the Patriots two point That this this is what they except they're more exciting, I guess. Um, they yeah, as Bass I think rightly pointed out, is to win a Super Bowl you have to beat them. Yeah, whether it's you have to beat them in the AFC or you have to beat them in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, I struggle to think of a better team think, right now. But yeah, yeah. I think if you if you the rosters, if you were just power ranking the roster, mm. yeah, yep. the Eagles are actually a better team across yes. the board. Yep. The thing is that in a less than ideal situation, mm. the number one team generally finds a way to respond. There was actually a humorous tweet from Seth Kaiser who is the Chiefs writes about the Chiefs for the Athletic mm. he posted a humorous tweet which was various stills 
of games throughout recent Chiefs history where they've been down by one score or more with a small amount of time left. Mm. And it just says, there is a time as a Chiefs fan where this would have worried me. And now I just simply go, we'll figure this out. <laughs> I'm not worried. There is an element of that, isn't there? Yeah. Because 15 is not worried and Andy Reid is not worried. And, and, and it's because, and, and that whole problem-solving mentality does, isn't just, you know, reflected in late game managed late game how they respond in late game mm. it's also reflected by how their dc responds in season mm-hmm. we all know that spags's defense in september is not the same as the one that makes it to playoffs nope um we know that they are able to respond to having elite players removed from their roster and finding solutions to the problem yeah. They are absolutely capable of completely changing their offensive philosophy in one off-season. And, they've made 13 personnel a thing. It's, it's they've worth, made it a thing. It's worth mentioning that on defence, I think they've got a ton of young players that are about to take a step forward as well. So George Kalaftis, I think, yeah. is about to become one of the best edge rushers in the league. Trent McDuffie is about to become mm. one of the best cornerbacks in the league. And then Creed, Creed Humphreys on offence is one of the best centres in the league. Uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, yeah. Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore... They've just managed to put together this amazing roster. Yeah. Like, and Donovan Smith. And Donovan, yeah, and Donovan Smith, yeah. <laughs> I just think they're going to they be They will okay. find yeah. a way. Yeah. They'll find a way to make Donovan Smith work. They will. <laughs> I know they will. And when they do, that is when Andy Reid becomes not human, but an omnipotent, omniscient, transcendental being that simply exists <laughs> in our minds and not a specific presence. He literally becomes God. Mm. <laughs> okay. That's the moment. Yep. So there we go. We got the Chiefs number one. We got the Eagles number two. It's predictable. It's boring. But shut up. Anyway, so it's we'll be back <laughs> next week. I think. Should we start doing divisions? Should we start divisions? Should we start a division? Sure. Or well, we should do what we did. How we did last year. We go down in increments of four, thirty-two to twenty-nine talking about the four teams that we've got in that bracket. Yes. And then work our way towards the season. So 32 to 29. Next week, then, we are talking about, and I don't have to worry about the New Orleans Saints in this one, the Arizona (laughs) Cardinals, the Houston Texans, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Washington Commanders. If you're going to miss one, it might be that one, to be fair. Um, (laughs) No, don't don't miss it. We're going to come up with reasons why each of these teams could be more successful than we think they're going to be. We're going to be positive about it. Even the cards? We're going to be positive about three of the four teams. <laughs> and about, about how we think they're Them going draft to be. Picks, those draft picks are going to be valuable. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want to contact us, if you've got any ideas, anything you want to see us do throughout the season, and hit us up on Twitter. It's just at Gridiron Gents. Email us hellochaps at gridirongentlemen.com. And I'm sure we're about to hear four people tell me about how great Discord is. It is. It's a lot of fun. But come join the Discord. It's still our pinned tweet on Twitter. Phil, thank you for joining us. If people want to get hold of you, where can they get hold of you? So you can get hold of me on Twitter at yeah. KnucklesHeavy7. Or more importantly, you can get hold of me on the Discord where I will be sending GIFs and memes throughout the season to amuse <laughs> myself and annoy James. There you go. But it you... doesn't. It enriches my whole experience of Discord. It's fine. You, you too can enrich James. Yeah. Um, Will. People want to get hold of you. Where can they get hold of you? 
the best place is to come and join the Discord and uh, join me and James spooging over offensive linemen. Otherwise, I'm on Twitter at W Bold. Bass, same again. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ferdinand, or yeah, on Discord. I'm always online. So. And James, I'm not going to be able to share a film on Twitter, so come to the Discord. Oof. Oof. Right back next um, week. Yeah, yeah. There will also be a clinic on the two cheek push on Discord. <laughs> uh, <he's... laughs> no one asked James to do this, by the way. This is all off his own back. So, you know. <laughs> it was something I noticed. I noticed yeah. it and thought, hold on, because my mind does that. I notice stuff and then I start digging. Well, come join us. As uh, Christopher said, <laughs> cheek to cheek. Um, <laughs> And um, we'll talk about the four rubbish teams that we mentioned before. I don't know. We're going to go now. Thank you for listening and goodbye.